We are students from the transition year YSI class. This year our project is called the Mission for Nutrition and our initiative is to promote nutrition for teenagers. Throughout this school year we will be holding a conference for the senior cycle students of the school and we will be hosting a Kahoot for the junior cycle students of the school. On this podcast we will be interviewing a nutritionist and two of our school teachers. Thank you. First we're going to be talking to Miss Gallagher, our guidance counsellor. Okay, so we're going to start off with the first question, which is, are there any tips you have for teenagers on how to overcome an eating disorder? Um, okay, well, I, I would think that eating disorders, because, because they have such a physical manifestation um, in terms of maybe physical appearance or body shape or you know weight size loss of weight we kind of associate those that very often things are very reactive to the physical appearance and to weight yeah but to me eating disorders like always come from a place of pain Mm -hmm. um or distress or upset in some way so in order to try and manage one's health and kind of think about eating disorders, I think education is key because I think what, what any of us do is that we focus on, you know, that person is losing a lot of weight or that person is gaining a lot of weight. And we, we sometimes don't think about the gaining, we think about the losing. Yeah. Um, and it's, it sometimes can be quite a, a dramatic appearance on somebody. And we go to that. So I think it's to understand that eating disorders are almost the result of a pain or a distress or a loss or it could be a bereavement or self-esteem like they're never they're never initially about food yeah whether it's overeating or undereating so to me like in your question have you tips for teenagers on how to overcome to me it's all about education yeah educating people you know of, of all ages and and stages of education about the person that they are who they are what's their self-esteem you know what's the self-esteem level like yeah um and it's also everybody has triggers no matter what they are and it's about learning about yourself to know well what are my triggers like what what causes distress to me emotional distress physical distress and I think the more you you know about yourself, the better you are able to manage your mental health. And part of that then is also managing your physical health. Yeah. And part of that is also part of eating disorders. Yeah. Um, so to me, it's not just a talk on eating disorders. To me, it's it's far deeper and much more holistic than that. It's a talk about learning about your mental health and how to manage it and that's a very personal thing yeah, yeah okay definitely. i don't know does that yeah no that answers our question okay thank you okay um so how can your nutrition and how you eat affect your mental health well to me again they're totally intertwined so you know if you if you think of eating we think of food and we think of that's fuel for your body yeah so if you have the right food and you have the right nutrition then your body is going to respond in kind to that 
your brain then and your cognitive function and your emotional state and your feelings and all of those things are very much wrapped up in your physical ability so if somebody is sleep deprived they tend to be more emotional so they tend to have more erratic you know reactions to things and up and down like so it's the same with nutrition so if you've positive nutrition and healthy balanced diet then you tend to have somebody whose mental health is more even now that's not to say that there's not highs and lows and everything because that's that's normal life yeah but you're talking about more extremes so if you have somebody then who has restricted eating for example then perhaps there may be low energy low mood um a deficiency perhaps in vital uh vitamins and nutrients and all of those things you tend then to have a, a body physically reacting to a lack of regular food intake. Yeah. Um, so I think all of that, I think, you know, good nutrition helps mental health. Yeah. Poor nutrition affects mental health. So I think they are absolutely intertwined, both yes. of them. Yeah. Um, and are there any ways we as, you know, peers could help someone struggling with an eating disorder so if we know a friend is struggling is there any way we could help them i think i think again and it is not necessarily anything specific to eating disorders but i think sometimes when we notice something about one of our friends like we we can be very hesitant in saying anything because you don't like to upset somebody or offend them or maybe there's a fear that you have the wrong you've come to the wrong conclusion about things or you don't want to overstep somebody's privacy yeah i think in any situation like that try and have the courage to say something yeah and it, it just has to be as simple as how are you i've just i've noticed that you're a bit quiet or i've noticed that you know that you're not inclined to eat lunch with us it doesn't have to be an intervention (laughs) or like a big drama it just has to be i notice that something's not okay with you yeah how are you but i think then when it's your peers it's also really important not to take on the responsibility for that person yeah and say like my friend seems to be struggling with something to do with eating so it's my responsibility to look after her. I don't think that's, I don't think, I think that's too much. Yeah. So I think it's that initial reaching out to your friend the way you would about anything. Mm-hmm. And then saying, you know, things must be really hard for you. Would you consider talking to somebody about it? And then in school, it's like you always have your guidance counselor. You have me in yeah. school. Um, the juniors have our junior counselor. You have class teachers, you have year heads, um, you know, you have a lot of people who are in your support system and to try and take the leap of faith that they will want to help you yeah, and will take you step by step. So I would say reach out to your friend. If you feel that you can't do that and that's too much, then I would say come and talk to one of those care people that you have in your own life. Yeah. You know, and say, look, you know, Miss Gallagher, I'm worried about my friend. I'm not really sure how to approach her. Could you talk to me about ways like that? And that's always possible. Like, there's always somebody that you can talk to in school. Yeah. 
And another thing I'd say to you about it is that people's instincts are rarely wrong. So if you have a, a, a worry about your friend, trust your instinct. Yeah, go with your gut feeling. Go with your gut feeling, yeah. literally. Gut feeling, there you go. Yeah. Um, but you're rarely wrong that there's something not wrong. Yeah. You might know exactly what it is, or you might think it's something else when it tends, but like trust your gut. And and it's think of it a different way. It's better to be wrong than not to try. Yeah, definitely. So, but I suppose it comes back to like somebody who is suffering in some way like that is in a place of pain. And the greatest way out of pain is connection with other people. So it's to reach out. But if that feels more overwhelming, it's to tell an adult who's in your care team in school yeah. and let them try and intervene there yeah. because they will respond. Okay. Thank you so much for You're so welcome. all our questions. You're so very welcome. Helpful. Not Thank at you. all. So now we're going to be talking to Ali, who is a nutritionalist. So we have a few questions here. So Ali, why do you think nutrition is important in teenagers' lives? So, um, as we're saying, I'm a nutritionist and I work with uh, teenagers and adults um, with lots of different health issues and stuff. So, from that side of things, um, I see nutrition and how it can affect teenagers' concentration. But also, when they come back to me later as an adult, I can see the effects that it's had on their body, on their stomach, if they haven't been eating well. Um, it can affect the stomach and it can affect their hormones. It can mess up the period and the menstrual cycle if they haven't been eating well. Um, and it can affect their energy and recovery. Um, even things like the healing of the muscles, the tendons after an injury can be a lot slower if they're not getting enough nutrition in the diet. Um, I think, especially now more than ever before, it's more important because a lot of the food that we eat is very quick food and it's food that's quick to grab off the shelf and it's not as dense in nutrition as food that's cooked at home. So we need to focus more now than ever before on the type of food that we eat. Brilliant. And why is each nutrient important for teenagers? For example, protein, fats, carbs, etc. Okay, so um, when we look at food, we're looking at what it's made up of and the nutrients. And um, the food is made up of carbs, protein, fats, a combination of all of them, of some of them. And also on top of that, it's made up of minerals and vitamins. So um, when we're looking at minerals and vitamins, minerals and vitamins are the building blocks to help our body work, our organs. So for our heart to beat properly, our muscles to contract, our brain to think, um, our blood to flow, our circulation, we need those minerals and vitamins to help us with that. And our immune system as well is dependent on those minerals and vitamins. And there's a, there's a, there's a very special balance in our body with those vitamins and minerals. We don't want to have too much of one thing, like too much copper and too little zinc. That can affect our mood and it can affect our um, healing. Um, and we also don't want to have too little of everything because then our body will feel that it's deprived and it will try to save energy and it'll make us feel cold and tired. The same thing goes for carbs, protein and fat. We need a nice balance of enough carbs for energy. If we have too much carbs, it makes us sluggish. It makes our body get breakouts, skin breakouts, acne. It makes our body feel diabetic, low in blood sugar. It makes our concentration go. 
Um, if we have too little carbs, our brain can't think properly. We need a bit of carbs for our brain to think. So we need to have it throughout the day regularly. Um, and if we, especially if we're active, if we're very sporty, we need more carbs. Um, we need enough protein as well because protein helps our body heal. But the biggest thing that protein helps us with is our brain hormones. All of our hormones in our brain, adrenaline, noradrenaline, GABA, serotonin, the hormones that help our mood, they're made only from proteins, nothing else. So if we don't have enough protein, our mood can really be affected. Very good. Uh, what's your opinions on energy drinks, for example, Luxaid Sport, and how would you compare them to caffeine drinks? Okay, so I think there's a place for everything. I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with those drinks. But um, if you're using them for the wrong reason, then they're going to have a, a knock-on effect on our body. So when it comes to energy drinks like Glucosade Sport um, or Tailwind, the Glucosade Gatorade, those drinks are specifically there for people that are very active and sporty. And they should be only used during sport. They're there to replace your electrolytes when you're sweating a lot because they've got extra electrolytes added in. And they've got a little bit of sugar added to them to help with energy. They can also be used for somebody if they're diabetic and they're on a medication and they're not managing their diabetes well. If they're used for somebody that is not very sporty or active or is not a diabetic, then they're running the risk of causing the body to become a diabetic long term because you're sending sugar into the body above the amount that you need in a high dose, which is not needed by the body. And it can cause an insulin jump, jump and then it can cause an insulin drop. You might feel great for 15 minutes, like having a bar of chocolate, but you're gonna feel terrible 25, 30 minutes later because your energy is gonna drop and that can cause problems. Um, it's also adding a lot of sugar into your mouth, which is causing bacteria to grow and can cause a, a breakdown and plaque in the mouth as well. So it's not good for our teeth. Um, when it comes to the caffeine drinks, a lot of the caffeine drinks don't have a lot of sugar added to them. Instead, they've got sweeteners and the science on sweeteners is not fully understood properly. We do believe that some of the sweeteners can give us cancer. That has been shown in studies in the last two to three years, but there's not enough science there to prove it 100%. Um, and there's not enough studies on it because people make money out of those drinks, so they don't want to study it because it doesn't make money for them. So caffeine drinks should only be used in certain circumstances, such as somebody doing a race or a competition, or somebody in an exam, if they really need to stay alert and they've maybe had a really poor night's sleep that night before, they couldn't sleep at all, then a caffeine drink will work for them. If you overuse caffeine drinks, or if you drink coffee too much all the time, your liver struggles to absorb the caffeine properly and it doesn't work as well. And your body then becomes resistant to the caffeine. If you drink caffeine limited and maybe only one cup a day, then when you decide to have a cup of coffee, it's gonna work much better for you than when you drink it three times a day. Yeah. So it could be used as a performance aid. Caffeine is a performance aid. It helps us think quicker, run faster, alertness, only if you use it limited. So it should be kept for only those times as a performance aid for sport in a competition and a performance aid when you're in an exam if needed. Brilliant. Um, what are your opinions on protein products, for example, protein shakes, powder or bars? 
Okay, so very similar to the um, Lucas A drinks and sport drinks, I think protein powders are beneficial and can be helpful for people, especially if their diet is low in protein. For example, if they're a vegetarian or a vegan, a lot of the time I do add protein products in to help get the protein levels up. Um, and my preference is normally for a plant-based protein, so a vegan protein, because it's easier on the stomach, it's easier to digest. Whey protein has a lot of casein in it, which is a type of protein in milk that can be quite hard on the stomach, and for teenagers, it can increase acne. So when you have too much dairy, it can flare up acne in the skin, and I don't necessarily use whey or casein protein for teenagers. I'd be more inclined to use a plant protein powder. When you take a protein powder, it gives you protein. If you eat three eggs, or you eat a steak, or a piece of salmon, it's going to give you close to the same protein. The difference is you're going to get vitamins in the fish. You're going to get vitamins in your meat. You're going to get vitamins in your eggs. You don't get vitamins in your protein powders. So protein powders should never replace your vitamins and your food. They should be an addition to help you meet your needs. So if you notice that you're just not getting enough protein, or maybe you struggle to eat in the morning because you just can't eat first thing in the morning, then having a scoop of protein powder added into a smoothie will help you get enough protein and is absolutely fine once you're not replacing all your meals with a protein supplement. Um, the same goes for protein bars. The protein bars do give you a good dose of protein, but in a protein bar, you're going to also have other things added into it. A lot more sweeteners, a lot more bulking agents, things that thicken the powder and make it into a bar, they can be quite upsetting on the stomach for some people, especially if you have IBS. So I would avo avoid the bars and have the shake instead. Okay, um, last question. What are the main problems you see surrounding teenagers and nutrition? Um, the first thing that jumps up to me when it comes to teenagers um, is they don't eat enough in the morning. So they tend to run out of the door, they might be anxious, they're on the go, they want to get a bit more sleep in bed, so they don't have a proper breakfast. When you don't have a proper breakfast, it really affects your concentration during the day. And the biggest thing it does as well is it makes you eat the wrong foods later on in the day. So you end up picking at the wrong foods. And instead of getting enough protein and vitamins, you're going to grab the croissant or a quick bar or chocolate or something sweet because your sugars have gone too low. So the first thing I try and get teenagers to do, if they're not good at eating in the morning, if they don't have an appetite, is to have something to drink as food. A smoothie, a protein shake, a protein yogurt, um, even a slice of toast with peanut butter on it going out the door. Just get something into your stomach to start your digestion. It also starts your metabolism. So if you're trying to lose weight, you need to eat regularly. Avoiding food for long periods of time is not going to help your metabolism. The second thing that I see with teenagers is they go with quick food quite a lot. So they're grabbing convenience food because of time. Um, and I'd love to see more teenagers cooking food at home, making their own food, helping in the kitchen as somebody else is cooking. When we help cook or when we cook our own food, we stimulate our digestive saliva. We make our mouth water. When we make our mouth water, we make our body hungry. When we make our body hungry, we make enough enzymes to break down food properly and enough bile to break down fats. So if you're smelling, cooking, seeing your own food as you cook it, you're gonna break down the food when you eat it much better than if you just walk into the kitchen and sit down at the table and you haven't smelt anything. Mm. And then you won't get as many stomach pains, you won't get as much bloating, and you'll get much more vitamins from that food. Otherwise, it's like eating a brick and putting it into your stomach. Mm. 
yeah yeah okay well thank you so much for coming in to talk to us and i think we've so much information that i don't think maybe many teenagers in the school or just in general might might have known about nutrition and thank you very much you're very welcome thank, thank you, you for having thanks me. thanks last but not least we're going to be talking to one of our home ec teachers miss Kerr. so our first question is, is, what do you think is the most important thing for a teenager's health in regards to the nutrients? I think that the most important thing is about balance. Um, lots of the media message now is about having this high protein diet and it seems to be specifically targeting males. Um, but I think that females are very affected by this as well because it's all about now um, uh, say increasing protein and decreasing carbs but actually healthy eating messages would be that you need to have a balance in your diet teenagers are growing they need energy so there needs to be a balance uh, yes. for them with the nutrients yes protein is absolutely important because they're at a stage of growth and that's so important for their growth and development calcium of course is so so important yes. right and actually osteoporosis when i'm talking about the gender issue Osteoporosis is, is even much more a problem for females, yeah. right? There's one in every three right, women over the age of 50 in Ireland who have osteoporosis. So calcium and vitamin D are absolutely so important um, in their diet for good bones and teeth and for preventing osteoporosis in later life. Um, I would say as well that I do think that I know carbohydrates have been painted um, like say as the bad guy yeah. with the nutrients but I do think that it's important that they would have carbohydrates in their diet for their energy needs mm. but what I would also say here about nutrients is that I think a massive thing that needs to be acknowledged is that eating should be also um, uh, portion controlled yes. so that's where the whole issue has, has happened with carbohydrate um, it's very important that teenagers are not overeating carbohydrate because of course we do have a problem with obesity in the country yeah. and the overeating of carbohydrates really contributes to this. Yes, of course. Thank you. Um, so how can exercise affect your diet and what are the most important parts of exercising? Well firstly exercise is going to have a really positive thing in giving you an appetite which gives you an enjoyment for your yes. food. Mm -hmm. right? So like you know we, we want to to not say appetite. Appetite is a good thing yeah. right? because it really leads to enjoyment but I also feel as well that it has a, good, a great spin-off um, with other lifestyle factors because it's going to give you energy, it's going to give you motivation, it's going to release all the endorphins that are going to make a person feel good. And actually, a lot of eating can be about comfort eating, right? Or boredom. And I think that um, having a really good burst of exercise yeah. in your day um, just uh, seems to regulate a lot of those problems for people. Yeah. So you should be doing at least 30 minutes, but when you say what's the important part, I will say it's about the length of exercise that you do, it's about how strenuous that exercise is, yes. so it should be cardiovascular where you're really, really getting to a breathless um, yeah. stage with your exercise. A little stroll for teenagers is not enough, mm -hmm. and sitting on a couch with a phone in your hand <laughs> is absolutely yeah. like... So you really have to get moving. It, you, it's about... It's about um, eat less, move more is, yeah, the, yeah. is the general message you're going to say. Of course it has other benefits like you're going to have a healthy weight 
you're going to have a healthy heart. It does give a feeling of contentment and I think that's the thing that all people need. I'm not going to zone in on teenagers, but because of, I suppose, fluctuation in hormones for teenagers yeah. at that age of their lives, they do actually have quite a lot of you know, anxiety and angst that can be worked out yeah. and exercise is the key to that. Yeah, you definitely feel better after exercise. Oh, yeah. Hugely. Yeah. And you're, you're not just you feel better, so physically you're better, but emotionally you're so yeah, much stronger yeah. as well and it makes a difference. So your body will thank you for it and your family will definitely thank you too. Yeah. yeah. So our last question is, what are other factors that can affect the diet of a teenager? So I think that teenagers are very affected by... Um, is uh, having structure in their day right when they don't have structure i think that they end up overeating yes. right and by that i mean there's a lot to there's a lot of food linked with organization they need to be organized so that they actually have food because otherwise it leads to such snacking mm -hmm. and um a message that i think of with food is that um it's not about um, oh, what was I going to say? Yes, it's not just about being good, it's about being right. So you have to make the right choices with food because otherwise you're eating foods that you, you don't even realise the overconsumption of calories that you're taking. Yeah, yeah. That, like, even I'm going to say baked items and um, like uh, snack bars, yeah. all those cereal snack bars that are hugely popular now on the market and are targeted for healthy lunches but are actually so. They're too big, they're too high in calories, and that's a problem. Now, the other thing that affects um, uh, teenagers then with their diet is um, the, uh, that anxiety mm -hmm. can affect the amount they eat. I referred to comfort eating. The amount of skills that they have. Um, so yeah. it's like some people can't cook, some people won't cook. Yeah. So it's yeah. a little bit of like, all couldn't be bothered. And opting for easy options such as overeating of... Um, like the chippers are full. Yeah. Uh, many nights of the week, there are queues outside yeah. chippers, and I think that's a real sign that we're in big trouble with. Yeah, trying with to find the easy way. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And actually, young people um, seem to have a lot of money. A lot. Yeah. Uh, so I think that maybe they're just eating out a lot more. Yeah. And it's about the choices that they're making. Um, they need to know how to shop. They need to know how to choose food. They. Um, they, they learn this in school, so a certain amount of it they know and it needs to be put into practice. But actually, for many people, they don't have any, they don't actually have um, insight on what to eat other than messages coming from home. And I suppose that's uh, where we come to that I would feel that home ec should be a compulsory subject yes. because it gives people the time to, um, uh, to learn this kind of information. They're reading food labels yeah. and they have much more knowledge about the types of foods that you shouldn't shouldn't eat yeah. getting education yeah. on it it's definitely something that you need like for your life as well yeah yeah and actually i feel very strongly about the fact that um education is provided more for girls than for boys yes. so boys are jumping onto the bandwagon of um you know whey and creatine and all of these things that are not recommended for on for teenagers under 18 yeah they can have a very negative long-term effect and i think that um you know like the media are being reckless and irresponsible in how they're letting students be educated yes. about eating and exercise. Yeah. 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 Thank you very much. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you.
That's all for our interviews. We would like to thank Miss Gallagher, our guidance counsellor, Miss Carr, the home ec teacher, and Ali, the nutritionist, for speaking to us today. Thanks for listening.